Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Are you co-parenting currently or about to start your co-parenting journey? Well, welcome to this episode. This is perfect for you. We've actually got a lovely person joining us today along with mum. Her name's Laurie Brooke and she's the creator of the Our Children platform, which is a co-parenting communication platform. She's also a family dispute resolution practitioner and a mediator and she is on a mission to help over 1 million separated parents put their differences aside so that they can co-parent for the benefit of their children, which is oh, so lovely. Thank you. Welcome, Laurie. Welcome, Mum. Hello, Laura. Welcome, Laurie. Hello. Now, Mum, you want to say how you know Laurie as well? You want to let Gosh, everyone know? Um, I've known Laurie as a lawyer on the other side of the matter for years and years. Um, we met, gosh, well, when I was still young. I was a baby. <laughs> yes. Um, and I've always been impressed with Laurie. She was always very straight down the line and um, thoughtful with her clients. And I'm delighted to see uh, her today and how successful she is and, and that she's still doing good things for people. Now, we've um, Laurie, we've invited you on today because we have had so many people writing in saying, you know, what platform do we use? How can we make our co-parenting relationship better? How do I get this all to work? And um, I've been recommending our children uh, for a while and so has mum. So did you want to tell us a little bit about what you do and and, and what you create? Thank you so much. So in terms of what I do, I suppose what I'm trying to do um, to start off with, Laura, is really create a space where people can show their children how to do conflict better. And that starts with them learning how to co-parent and create a co-parenting relationship that isn't high conflict, one where, you know, they can come across the speed bumps because in any parenting journey there's always speed bumps that come up along the way and we need to be able to get over them without having to fall into pieces, go back to mediation, go to court and get lawyers involved. Um, that's not beneficial for them as parents and it's really not beneficial for the children. And I think when I was looking at all of that going, how can we start off with all, you know, where does this process start? For me, it was back on a communication level. When you've got parents who just need to talk about the simple things like, hey, you know, little Johnny was sick on the weekend. I've just given him Panadol at 10 o'clock. He's due for some more in, you know, four hours time. Having those simple parenting conversations is where it all starts and being able to then grow from that. And that's one of your, uh, of the four tips on how to have a successful and set up a successful parenting, co-parenting relationship. Number one is communication. And, and you know, that your platform is a communication platform. So I guess that's number one tick. Um, and we've all, you know, heard of those stories where you know there is no communication or the or the child is the one carrying the messages to and forth or dad said you have to do this or mum said don't forget that and and I don't know if you've done the research in that space but I've heard that it's really damaging yeah it is and like I one example that sticks with me from my practice and Lynn will probably have a similar story is you have um 
the traditional communication booklet. So just an exercise booklet that people would buy from a news agency and they'd sit there and they'd write all these messages down and it would go in the kid's backpack and then the other parent would get it at the end of the day, you know, when they collected the child from school. And so they've had this book in their bag all day. They've got the opportunities to read it. And it's not just, you know, this is what happened on the weekend, but it's then all the name calling and the why are you doing this to me and why are you taking me to court and why did how dare you say that and what about this? And it's all the other stuff that gets put into it. But then magically those pages get ripped out or the book goes missing or something like that. So when you're there in court trying to say, hey, you, you're giving the child this to read, they go, no, I didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. And so it's just trying to remove that level of, I suppose, the point scoring, the name calling, the blaming, the finger pointing. Mm. I think I remember a kid in my class having a communication book. I didn't know what it meant at the time, but um, I guarantee you if mum had had run with my, my dad, I would have read it like a, like a book just for fun. Like I can see that exposing children to the conflict is so bad. Um, and, and like we were talking before, that intergenerational, you know, learning how to to manage conflict, if they're reading that kind of stuff, then that's what they're going to do. And, and I've heard similar stories now where the text messages, the kid's got an old phone or an old iPad and the text messages and the photos all hook up. So they get the text messages, they're going backwards and forwards and they're reading the same thing, you know. Um, so that that's still going on. And I guess the good thing for your platform is that stops that because you've got it got to log in, (laughs) got to type your name in. And I mean, a kid's less likely to do that. Um, way less likely and, you know, and then read, read things and, you know, think about stuff before you write it. Cause it is so easy to just text Mm. in the moment, in the heat of the moment. Oh yes. I think just (laughs) the process of logging into, to the, our children app puts you in that headspace. Another thing, Laurie, with your story, uh, we did think we got pretty smart many years ago by by introducing a communication book that was in duplicate, so it it automatically, and that that way you kept what you wrote and the copy went to the other parent and the pages were numbered, but it didn't solve the fundamental problem that it was the child who was literally being the messenger back and forth. It was terrible. So that actually takes me, I know number two is consistent, but let's quickly talk about your number three of being respectful. So it could be super hard because I know some people going through messy divorces right now and to be respectful to someone maybe who isn't being respectful to you or is doing something that is totally boiling your blood. So why is it so important to be respectful for a co-parenting relationship? It's not about you though. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's what it comes down to is that, that person is boiling your blood, they're getting under your skin, they're pushing all of your buttons, but at the end of the day, what you're talking about has got nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with these little people that you've created and they deserve to be happy. They deserve to have mum and dad love them for who they are and not fight and create conflict because they don't like each other anymore. Respectful as well, I think, um, when talking about the other parent around the other around your children like yeah I think that's really important too too because the kids aren't really going to know if you're being respectful to each other on a platform but they're going to know by the way you talk about them you know and that carries through though so if you're being um if you're pretending to be respectful 
about the other parent to the kids. But then, you know, behind closed doors or on the platform, you're calling them every name under the sun or you're point scoring or blaming them for things that is going wrong in your life. And then you've got your girlfriends coming over or, you know, you're catching up with other mates and you're having that beer and you're talking about, you know, everything that she's doing to get to you or whatever it may be then that will come through when you're having those conversations with your kids, whether you think it or not. There'll be the eye roll or there'll be that little smirk on your face when you make a comment. There's all this body language that we do and the ways that we communicate in a non-verbal way that the kids pick up on and they are smart. Like people don't give them enough credit for how smart they are to actually realise what we're thinking and what we're feeling. And mum, you always say, don't you, that it's the, the child is part you and part That's them. exactly what I say. So if you rubbish their parent, they will feel bad. You know, they have to, and you're destroying your child and nobody had children to hurt them like that. So, you know, it's so important. I guess if you need to have an outlet, go and see a psychologist, <laughs> you know, work a way around it. But I get, like, you know, I, I understand people struggle with it. Um, but when you're looking at your children, you know, and you love them with all your heart, the last thing you want to do, and I think this is the way you've got to think about it, you don't want to hurt them, you know. So, what, like, forget if you're upset with whoever, just realise whatever you're saying or your mannerisms. And I guess that, that habit then kicks in so you're always respectful. Yeah. And the other thing that I found right. that my clients really have found helpful is that, when you stop and you see all these behaviors that they're doing and they're starting to push your buttons is to take that step back and realize that's their issue. That's not got nothing to do with you. And you do not need to react to that. You do not need to respond and don't let them take away your power of, you know, how you feel. If you want to be happy, you be happy. If you want to be excited or sad or upset, then that's, that's your decision to make, but don't let them control that. That's so hard, isn't it, though? But but it, it. I always say to people, look, you loved your children and you still love your children and being separated doesn't change the way you love your children. So do this for the love of the kids. And, and, and from now that I'm older, I also think for my grandkids, for their children, do you know, that, that, um, you will ha- if the children suffer psychological harm as a result of the breakdown, um, then part of it's on you, you know, it, you've got to take some responsibility and, and do the best you can for the future. And, you know, maybe let the other side have that dig. Sorry to interrupt this episode, but we have a really important announcement that very well might just help you out. Are you feeling confused, lost, scared and overwhelmed by the family law legal jargon and processes? Join the club. Now it's your chance to empower, educate and equip yourself with the legal know-how and tools you need to get divorced and finally settle. Introducing the DIY Divorce Blueprint created lovingly by mum and me. We've downloaded mum's brains into 42 video lessons along with over 100 templates and worksheets that you can use to create and settle your property and children's matters. Follow our guide and steps and templates to get yourself finally settled in divorce. Use it as a guide with your lawyer or without but hopefully using this DIY divorce blueprint you can stay out of court and you can get it settled and sorted at a fraction of the Price. Click the link in the show notes to find out more or go to thedivorcecourse.com.au backslash enroll. See you then. 
maybe let the other side have that dig and don't answer, you know. It's about you're bigger bigger than that and your love for the children has got to be more than your contempt or dislike for your Yeah, you don't have to play their game. That's right. No. No. Now, consistency. So how how does being consistent play into the co-parenting relationship? For your kids, giving them consistency and giving them stability so that they know that if they're meant to be going to dad's this weekend or for this week, that that's where they're going. And they know when they're coming home to you that there's not this chopping and changing in terms of parenting relationships to fit in with our lives. It's really, really easy to think that, oh, we've got something on, we really want to go to it. And oh, if they have another couple of nights with dad or they have another couple of nights with me, that's okay. But if you're doing that on a frequent and regular basis, things become unpredictable. They don't know, are they staying home? Are they going to dad's? You know, where are they? What are they doing? And when they're trying to then create their own life, when they're, you know, growing up in a social setting and they've got friends they want to meet or, you know, they've got choir practice or band rehearsal, whatever's going on at school, then they're trying to figure out, do I need to take this home to mum's place? Do I need to take it to dad's place? Do I have to get it? Do I have to bring it back with me? And it just becomes so much more of a juggling act for them, which isn't helpful. No, and that would totally stress me out. I would be stressed yeah. out beyond belief, beyond belief and be going, oh, I don't know. Like, um, you know, and I have seen some kids go, I've got this birthday party coming up. Whose house am I at? I don't know if I'll be able to go, you know, and it's their social life that gets affected, I guess. So that consistency is important. It's it's their life. It's their life, you know, and and they're entitled to be able to to have their own structure to make them happy. And some children, um, I I read a study some years ago, um, the Institute of Family Studies, Australian Institute of Family Studies, called Suitcase Children. And they talked about how children move between the homes. And some kids don't care. They have duplicate of everything and they just hop happily from one place to the other. Other people, you know, and we know that as, as adults. So, of course, children, some of them don't handle it very well and will need a lot more structure to move between and and it's just we, we are still trying to do one size fits all and it's up that's the court but the parent it's up to the parents to know their children and do what they can to help and consistency I think is the absolute key and I think too like when parents know their children and are willing to put their children first and foremost then going through that mediation process and creating a plan that works for each individual child it's yes. just magical as opposed to that one-size-fits-all arrangement. So, Laurie, do you have, like, an, um, I know you can't talk about your actual specific mediations, but in your mediations do you have successful ones where they have a tailored plan for each individual child? Yes, absolutely. Wow. That's great. I think for me it's it's generally older children um, and when we're talking about tailoring it, it's because they've got so many other things that are going on in their life that to mean you know, for them to get to all of their events, it needs to be tailored. But you've got parents who are really child-focused and are really willing to put their things, their issues aside and do it for the kids. That's great. And so that the the best way, if they can't negotiate that outside of mediation, is to go to a mediator like yourself and just go through it and 
and really be completely child focused. And I mean, Mum and I always talk about that. The whole aim of all of this in in children's matters, it's it's all in the best interest of the kids, you know. So when people are complaining, oh, but I didn't get to see my children on my birthday. <laughs> if the kids don't care, it's not really about yeah, you. That's right. um, but you know, and that's it's hard to get your head around that when you first go in, but but then you realise, yeah, it is their whole lives. Like when you think about how much I pack to go to mum's house for a weekend, I pack like three suitcases. I don't think you know, so I whereas my partner pa- packs like a little bag. So, you know, that difference in personality and what you want around you, your creature comforts, kids are going through that, I guess, and they are, they're living their own little lives and they're probably yeah, it, just especially at this time where they they have zero control over their family breaking up, um, and uh, they may be exposed unwittingly to um, a parent being a bit flat or a bit withdrawn because of what they're going through. Um, when we were talking before about the cues and clues that kids pick up uh, when when people are talking, one of the ones that Um, people aren't often aware of is that if they come back from mums and tell you some things about what's been going on and you kind of perk up if they're critical about mum um, even if you don't say anything yeah oh that oh you know and they go oh mum wants to hear more of that and and so and then uh, as you know the more you say about things the more you put it down in your mind the worse it it becomes for you, it becomes your reality. So it's really hard to focus on the positive. Yep. Um, yeah, but that, that kids are so smart <laughs> and, and and they do need that structure more than ever during that breakup. Uh, one thing, I guess, is they're not going to be on their own. They have other people in their class and children talk about it now. They didn't when I was a kid. And so they will all be able to compare notes and probably have a pretty fair idea um, of the arrangements that suit them. I've noticed in the family reports I've seen over the last few years, the kids know all the options and aren't afraid to say what one suits yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> I think too, though, um, that consistency and stability in terms of arrangements also helps the parents, you know, just be able to take a bit of a breather and not feel like they're constantly having to make decisions and have you know arguments and enter into conflict because they've got an agreement in place it's written down this is what we're going to do and if it gives you space to just readjust and you know decompress and realize that this is how life works then it also helps build that foundation for a good co-parenting relationship if you can stick to it yes (laughs) but i think that i think what you've said there making sure like the less things you have to decide, so the more that you've got in your parenting plan, the more detailed it is, um, the less arguments there is a potential to have. You know, if you don't put down what time handover is, then you might have an argument about, oh, I want it to be at two or I have to do it at six. But if it's written in there, then there's no argument. So I think, you know, um, mum always talks about in the course, kind of the way she talked to me about building a house. She said, imagine, drive up to the front, walk through and pretend you're living your day. And where would you want to put your shopping? Where would you want to go? So the same with you're doing your parenting orders. Imagine you're living a, a week. Where do you go? What do you do? How, what things do you need to factor in and all the what ifs mum that you brought up over the time you know what if they get sick and they're at school what if they need to go on a camp so all the what ifs and make it as detailed as possible and then save yourself the decision fatigue and the potential for fights 
And so the last one, Laurie, that you've got there, point four. Support. Did you want support. To support. Because for me, supporting is supporting your children in that relationship and giving your children, I suppose, the encouragement that it is okay to go to dads or it is okay to go to mums. You're going to have a good time and I'll be here when you come back and we'll pick up where we left off and, you know, if you need some time to decompress, you've got time to decompress. But that having that relationship is okay and that you're not going to love them any less because they love the other parent and want to spend time with them as well. Yeah, and that's so important. I think um, even to just say it, even though it sounds silly, like sometimes just saying it to your child, I'm, I'm, I want you to have a good time. I'm happy for you to have a good time. But it might take a thing off their shoulder and go, oh, good, I can, I can tell her that I had a good time, you know. So it's just giving them the permission and, and it's not about choosing size, I guess. And I think some kids, I don't know whether it's just the way they grow up or they think that that's how it works or that happens in the playground, you know. But, yeah, what, what, what about you, Mum, in terms of support? What have you seen? Yeah, I think one of the big things you can do for your children to support them in their time with the other person is tell them you're okay while they're gone. I'm not – don't – don't don't let them think that you're going to be sitting sobbing at their absence. That's cruel. Um, also, don't tell them you're going to dream world. <laughs> um, that's cruel. It's kind of they they know where you live and they and they'll know you'll be right. Um, you, you go and have a good time at mum's. Um, I'm going to be around. Uh, I'm probably going to watch the footy on Saturday and, and after I'll pick you up on Sunday, you know, just kind of so they can in their own minds don't worry that about you or or wish they hadn't come to mums because they could have gone to dream world <laughs> now i think they're um, amazing uh, points and we'll definitely be putting them in the show notes um and hopefully share that around because a lot of our listeners aren't at that point yet or a lot of them you know don't even know about these platforms laurie so can we have a little chat about the our children platform we have um uh, do you want to just explain briefly how it works and then mum and I will ask you some questions? Sure. So the Our Children platform is set up to host your communication so that you don't, if you're not at the point where you feel comfortable having a telephone conversation or speaking face-to-face when you're doing changeover, you don't want to send a text message because text messages, there's some pitfalls associated with that and we'll talk about that in a minute. But being able to jump on somewhere and say, hey, you know, little Johnny was sick, I gave him Panadol at 10, he needs it in four hours' time or, you know, we got a permission slip home from school this week, they've got a school excursion in a couple of weeks, it's in the bag, you know, I'm okay for them to go. If you need me to pay, let me know, whatever it may be because from a parenting perspective, there's always something that we need to talk about. And so being able to have a place where you can put all of that communication, you can store information about your children too, so whether it be copies of um, Medicare cards, passports, school report cards, whatever it may be, or reports from doctors, that can all be there. And then one of the things that I love about this program, and I use it for my family, is school newsletters. So when the school emails a newsletter, it comes to me, it comes to my child's father, and I don't have to worry about whether he's seen it or not because... I know he has. And if he hasn't, that's his problem, not mine. Um, And so it's all about being able to just reduce as much, I suppose, of those little tasks that can often be forgotten or just, you know, 
I need to really get dinner on because I know they've got to have a bath. I've got to do their homework. They've got to get to bed before they wake up early in the morning. And, oh, I've got a work report that I have to get done and, you know, someone wants me to call them tonight. And so because day-to-day living gets in the way, it's not that we're being intentional and not passing information on, but life happens and we forget. And so if we can remove as much of that responsibility as possible, then it just makes things a lot easier for you guys because you don't want to have an argument that, hey, you didn't give me that information. You did it on purpose. You don't want me to be involved. And you can sit there and go, well, no, I just forgot. Mm. And I think that that this platform takes away some of those arguments as well because you can't delete anything and it shows when they've read it. So I guess if you've got a manipulative and controlling ex and they play that game where, oh, you didn't tell me or I didn't I didn't know about that or I didn't read your text, you can be like, well, here it is. It's in black and white. I said it on the 20th of December 2019, you know. So I, I love the beauty of that. And I think also that like you were talking about with the newsletters, that email address is brilliant because forwarding on emails, like you said, living your day-to-day life, you're going to forget or it's like another job forwarding on emails and making sure everyone's got everything. But if you've got that one email, I mean, even if you weren't separated, I would probably use it because it just keeps everything together. You know? And I, even if you, if you're married still with your husband, you can say, well, you got it too. It's in your inbox. Um, so that's brilliant as well. And the calendar I think is brilliant. So putting the calendar in there and the finance. And now I, we have had a lot of people write in saying that they'd like to use a platform but they can't get their ex or the the father or the mother of their child to agree. And you were telling us just a moment ago a way to get around that, which I know a lot of our listeners would like to know. So could you share that information? Yeah, so th- this was has been a bugbear of mine for years and so I've been trying to figure out a way to overcome it and what we ended up doing is changing the platform so that you can have just one person use it and the pla- they will still access the platform like it is. They'll get all the um, communications on the communication wall um, and they can still have the email address for your external, um, like your schools, your doctors, dentists, all of that, and that would work as it normally does. But what happens is instead of the other parent having to sign up because they often don't want to, when you want to send them a message, you write the message on the communication wall and it will set, trigger an email and it will be sent to them and then they can reply. And you give them the email address associated with your account. Um, and when they send that email and they want to start an email to you, they'll send it to that email address and it will come up on your communication wall. So it's just, it's another, it's a, it is another inbox. I appreciate that, but it's also a way to store and collate all of that information in one spot. So you've got the security and comfort that you need when they don't want to. That's brilliant, Laurie. That is absolutely brilliant. And that's been around for a year or more and I I didn't realise. So. It's going to save a lot of people, brilliant. I think. Um, <laughs> it uh, is. Because I think there's some high-conflict people out there for our listeners that just like to have the fights. They like to have the back and forths. And, and in, in your platform, Laurie, if you are both using it, if they type in the communication wall and it says something that might be a little bit not okay or positive co-parenting, what, what happens so we have like a um, a, a trigger warning that will come up and go, the wording of this isn't really great. Do you want to reword it? And you can choose to ignore it, but that's your choice, right? So at the end of the day, it's about saying, if you want to improve this relationship going forward, how can we reword this 
and just change the tone, change the inference that's being put in this. And sometimes it's as simple as instead of being demanding, let's ask a question. Or, you know, instead of saying, how dare you, let's change it to this happened. Can you explain what, you know, Johnny told me this happened on the weekend. Can you let me know what you think happened? Yeah. You know, it's changing the context and changing the delivery of the message. Because when we're communicating, we know what we mean. But when we write it down, the way somebody reads that message and the tone that they put on that message and how they then, you know, decipher it internally is very different. Yeah, totally. And I think um, I think that's great. I think it's just a little reminder and a behavioural reminder and like with habits you will just eventually, you know, come around to it. I think that's a really good part. And uh, Mum and I talk about ways to communicate and, you know, we have the communication compass, but, you know, it's basically keep keep your, your things short, you know, nice, you know, informative and factual, but don't, you know, don't go into the, like it just ask yourself the question. No, yeah, no, no emotion. emotion. Is this brief? Is this does this have emotion in it? Should I should take it out? Things like as I've told you a million times. Yeah. <laughs> Even as I've told yeah. you, you know, um, because the person that you're writing to um, is no longer your uh, intimate partner, but they were, and sometimes. Um, they they have a, a preconception or they have a um they're already hurt you know in some way or another everyone suffers grief at a breakdown and so they're more sensitive yep. perhaps than anyone else so i think that's a great feature yeah it's a great feature it's those also those snide remarks you know those those <laughs> when you were in a relationship you could say something and it all automatically yeah. triggered the other person but yeah, then to the outsider they're like, oh, what's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah. So I think, yes. yeah, I think if we're mindful of what we're writing and always aware that you're there for the children, the whole point is the children. Um, I think this is a great platform that people can use, particularly if you have a high conflict relationship with your ex. You can take the heat out of it by going through this platform. It's kind of you're not really talking to them, you're talking to a computer screen, <laughs> um, you know, right. and, and yeah. same with um, manipulative controlling. It's really hard for them to manipulate the storyline. If you are going to be going through court, you can say, look, here's my proof. This is what I told them at this date or, you know, not that it's great to be using it as a record-keeping kind of thing in that way, but it can save you bacon if you have a manipulative and controlling. And even to the extent if you've got an avoidant ex who doesn't want a bar, doesn't want to talk about the kids, doesn't want any information, they might not read your text messages, they might not answer your phone calls. But if on this platform you just keep them updated, if they get through their depression or whatever it is that's causing them to be avoidant, they can go back and read it all later when they're ready. So it does take Mm. a lot of the emotion out, which is great. How do people go about getting onto a platform, your platform? Uh, So very simple, jump over to the website and uh, sign up for the free trial and then it will convert over to a paid subscription. So it is a subscription-based platform Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it's all there. You don't need to download anything. It's very, very simple. Do you recommend um, people getting it put into their parenting plans or their parenting orders that that's the way of communication if they need it? I, I do. I put it in there. 
um, you you usually, Laurie, wouldn't you allow like a text or a phone if there's urgent medical. But I I think it just keeps things clear. And as Laurie said, um, it's one less thing for you to think about. Um, It's the system set up. Everyone gets familiar with it. And uh, you're not composing um, emails to your ex or having to remember things. It's it's already there. And I love that it's Australian. Um, I think it's suited to our personality, like our culture, um, and uh, it doesn't have anything in there that's extraneous. Like there, there's another one going around that I know that people look at, um, and that's the American one. Um, but it, I don't think it's as clear as yours. So, yes, yours is the one that um, I like to recommend mm. for people. Thank you. Mum, what's the wording people would put in their consent orders or ask for if they were trying to put that sentence in for a communication platform? Yep. So you'd normally you have that part of your orders with communications and that the and why, um, it'd be that the parties agree to use <clears throat> the um, Our Children platform um or I sometimes say all similar platform, but, you know, if they've already started with our children or you've got buy-in on that. And then uh, for all communications related to the children, except in an emergency, and then it would be text or phone. And this is general yeah. advice only. But, yeah, that's good wording. So if you want to put oh, that yeah. in or have a chat in mediation, <laughs> you know, bring it up. Um, because, yeah. It's handy to do because, Laura, a lot of stuff, Laura, you'll remember that we used to fight over with for clients years after, like passports yeah. and things. The courts are now putting them in the orders in the first instant. They're going, this could be a problem. Let's deal with it mm. now. Yep, mm. absolutely. And it, like we said mm. earlier, it's just about what can we do to reduce the possibility of conflict coming up in the future. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I guess when it comes down to it, it's each individual parent's responsibility and even though you might be listening and have a high conflict, a manipulative controlling or an avoidant or amicable, regardless of what your ex or the other parent is like, it is your responsibility and like Laurie said, you're in control of you um, and all you can do is control how you behave and work to the best co-parenting ability that you can Um and as I've heard a psychologist say in the past, the children only need one good parent. So if that's up to you, then you do it. You be the good parent. You show them how to behave. You show them the right way to, you know, resolve conflicts and to behave in life, basically. It is. It is. Sometimes when I hear that good, Laura, I remember there's case law, isn't there, Laurie, that says that it just you just have to be a good enough parent. <laughs> always made me feel better when I was raising new kids. I, look, seriously, anyone going through divorce and dealing with, you know, if you've got teenagers or toddlers or babies, you oh. know, just that on its own without divorce is really hard. Like, let's be fair. So yep. cut yourself some slack, but be aware that, you know, you've got that extra job. It's not the kid's fault you've separated. Don't make it their problem to be seeing a psychologist when they're 40. You know, it's up to you to see a psychologist yes. and to sort it out. But I, I really do thank you, Laurie, Perfect. for what you've created, Mum, for helping us meet her. <laughs> and uh, to anybody who wants to learn more about our children, we'll put all the links in the show notes and reach mm-hmm. out to us if you have, you know, any questions and we can pass on to Laurie. And, yeah, I'm just... I'm, I hope your mission for a million separated parents comes very soon. So do I. Thank you so much. Lovely to talk to you again, Laurie. You too, Lynn. Thank you. 
If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording. 